0: Hi, podcast listeners. This is Kathy with God in the Grief, and this is episode number 58. The title is Freedom from the Prison of Our Minds. This is really important to have freedom in our minds. So listen up as we tell you today, just how to get freedom in your minds. But first off, I just wanted to say hello from Idaho, a beautiful, beautiful day here. I hope that you're enjoying your summer and that you're able to get out and ease the burden of your heart and mind a little bit as grief can be heavy to bear sometimes. And I am just so thankful looking back through my podcast of how God has helped me. You know, I was thinking about the lesson that I'm going to uh, bring out today in comparison to The first ones that I brought out, um, not only was my equipment terrible back then, but just, you know, I was just trying to get through the very basic things. And so it started out with, you know, people love me. I need people and I need to learn how to forgive myself and just learning about God's timing, how to get strength and peace and then enjoying the memories and learning how to be thankful. And, you know, it's just so much to learn in a grief journey. And today we're going to learn that sometimes our minds can hold us up. They can keep us a prisoner. And so we want to be able to figure out how do we get freedom in our minds. So freedom is very important. It's important in our country, in our communities. It's important in our spiritual life. It's important in every way. But we don't want to just talk about having freedom We want to get busy and be free. And that's the way it's always been, you know, when our our country was in bondage to England. In order to get free from that, they had to go fight a war. And sometimes we have to learn how to fight in order to get our freedoms. The imprisonment of the mind is where we are today. And we should be fighting just as hard for that as some people did for their physical freedoms. Because honestly... Nothing can kill you more than your own thoughts. If you're free in your soul, though, you can be in an actual prison and still be happy. If you think about Paul and Silas, they were bound. They were in prison, but they were free in their soul. So what were they doing? They were singing in prison because their minds were free in Christ. The soul being free will filter up to your thoughts and set it free. There's a quote by Jan Karen, an author, who wrote, Death was the hope that it ceased being a fact to believe with the head and became a truth that was known by the heart. I just thought that was pretty profound. You know, we have to know it from our heart and have it filter up through to our heads in order for our thoughts to be free. You have to experience something to know it with your heart. That's the reason that some people are religious, but they're still in prison is because God is all facts to them and instances to believe in with the head. But to be set free in your mind, you must experience what God has for you in your heart. So we're going to talk about the story of Paul and Silas a little bit later, but right now I want to correlate the difference between a brave soldier and a brave Christian, It takes bravery to experience what God has for you in your heart. Sometimes we find ourselves in difficult places, but if we accept what Christ has for us, guess what? We can sing through our trials. We can sing through our grief. There's a difference between the experiences of a soldier in battle and a soldier training at home. One has genuine experience and the other just a concept of that experience. We want to be the soldiers with a genuine experience, not just a concept of one. The brave soldier is willing to have faith that the experience will be worth the freedom. Most people don't have the bravery or the faith to grab a hold of the true experience of God. They have too many hindrances, causing them to be a prisoner in their own mind. The experience of God frees our minds to bear a sorrow bravely. We realize it's worth the fight. The experience we have in God helps us to find the good in everything, to trust the light to guide us, and to be thankful. The brave soul finds hope in chaos and comes out of the battle, bearing God's emblems proudly. So I have a poem that I want to read to you. I don't know who wrote this poem. It was in a book called Words of Comfort and Cheer. And, but it talks about, Bearing your sorrows bravely. And I wanted from the very beginning when the boys died, I just wanted to bear my sorrows bravely. And I wanted God to be pleased with my trust in him, my faith in him. And it really helped my thinking. It really helped free my mind when I could just trust in him. But here's the poem. And it's talking, it's a person talking about God. I think that God is proud of those who bear a sorrow bravely, proud indeed of them, who walk straight through all the dark to find him there, and kneel in faith to touch his garment hem. Oh, proud of them who lift their heads and shake the tear away from eyes that have grown dim, who tighten quivering lips and turn to take the only road that leads to him. How proud he must be of them, he who knows all sorrow and how hard grief is to bear. I think he sees them coming, and he goes with outstretched hands and arms to meet them there. And with a look, a touch on hand or heart, each finds his hurt heart strangely comforted. I just thought that was a beautiful poem about being brave for God. And you know, when we come, when we're brave and we bear our sorrows bravely, we have such freedom in our minds, which is a beautiful thing because we can be tormented in our minds when we just maul things over and over. And how could it have been different? And what could I have done? And the ifs and the what ifs and the whys and just kind of torment your minds. We need freedom in our grief. We need freedom. And from the prison of our minds. And that only comes through Christ. There is a beautiful passage of scriptures in Colossians one nineteen through 22, that says, Please the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, and made a minister. So we can have this freedom of our minds if we are grounded in our faith, if we don't move away from the words of God. Now I want to go through this, read through the story of Paul and Silas, just a small portion of it, uh, because this is such a beautiful thing, where Paul and Silas are imprisoned, but they're free in their minds. Okay, so this is in Acts 16, 25. And it says, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword, and he would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And then he called for a light, and he sprang in, and he came trembling, and he fell down before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. What a wonderful way this story ended up. Someone, bowing on their knees wanting to know how to be saved. That is so beautiful. But for us to be free from the prison of our minds, our foundational thoughts might have to be shaken and new doors opened up to us. And then we realize that after the quake, everything really is okay. And the light of God's truth can shine in and show us the way. And we can fall on our knees out of a grateful heart and ask God, what can I do? And you know what? The answer is always the same. It's believe. Rejoice and go in peace because that's what freedom is all about, and to go from the prison of our minds. Max Lucata once said, The man may be manacled. He's talking about Paul. The man may be manacled, but the message is not. The prison of Paul becomes the pulpit of Paul. And that is fine with him because any method is fine if Christ is preached this kind of an interesting take on that. David said in Psalms 119, 43 through 48, And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. And so shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hand also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. There is freedom in obeying God's laws, there is freedom in trusting in him, in believing in him. There is a prophecy in Isaiah. 61, 1 through 3, that is so beautiful and talks about the freedom that Christ came to provide for us. Says, The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, and he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, and to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then we can see where Jesus spoke these this same exact words. When he was reading, he had gone to the synagogue, and he asked for a scroll of Isaiah, and they brought it to him, and he opened up the book, and he read those same words, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, and to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to sit at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. We now have liberty in Christ because Christ came and fulfilled that prophecy. What an amazing thing that we live in this day and time, where we can have freedom in our minds, even griefs and sorrows and hard things and things that would you know just want to bog us down in our mind and torment our minds. We can have freedom from that, there is freedom from that, but it starts with an actual experience that we have with Christ, not just a thought that we have about him in our heads. We need to have an experience, and then when we do, he gives us a key. When we come to him, he gives us a key to unlock the prison of our minds and to set it free. He gives us a new heart to become a new creature, but we have to use it. And you also have to come to him first because he doesn't give keys out by throwing them around. And you find one just haphazardly laying around. No, you have to come to him, believe in him, and he gives you the key to set your minds free. Reminds me of that story of Pilgrim's Progress. I don't know if you've ever read the story of Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, but if you've never read it, you really, really need to go get yourself a copy and read it because it is an amazing book. It's an analogy, but it's so beautiful. And in the story of Pilgrim's Progress, Pilgrim got sidetracked from the path and ended up in Doubting Castle in a dungeon. And the giant there would come and just torture him and he was going to eat them. He was going to destroy them. He beat them up. He would, And all along, Pilgrim had the key to get out in his pocket, but he was so distressed that he forgot all about having that key until they knew the next day they were coming and the giant was going to kill them. And then they were praying, earnestly praying to somehow get delivered. And God reminded him, I gave you the key. It's in your pocket. And so... Let's remember, we have a key. We have a tool to be set free in Christ, in our minds. In the Bible, we see the loss of freedom tied to spiritual disobedience again and again. People desperately need this freedom. If they realize that if it's just not following God's will, God's way, God's plan, God's laws, that you can be bound up in your mind. But just believing in him and following him and trusting in him will deliver you and give you freedom in your mind. And when you have freedom in your mind, you can sing amidst the middle of your grief and sorrows. You can sing in your trials. You can sing still. You can be happy still. You can rejoice still. You can have a beautiful life still if you have that freedom in your mind. There's that beautiful passage in John 8, 31 and 32. And Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Love that passage of scripture because it gives us that freedom. All we have to do is just be his disciple. So choose an experience with Christ today and live in freedom. It'll help you bear those burdens of sorrows bravely as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And remember, the greatest freedom that we have in this land is to come. The freedom to come to God at any time. We have religious freedoms. We can go to God at any time and he can give us the key to set our minds free. And freedom in your mind is going to make all the difference in your grief journey. Okay, till next time.